And would you please stand as we, we begin worship this morning? And our opening verse will be Psalms 57, 9 through 11. Psalms 57, 9 through 11. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Amen.
thank you guys, and thank you for being here. I'm really, I shouldn't be surprised. I'm just, like, it's nasty weather out there, and we've got a full house. And I'm glad you guys are here this morning to worship our Lord Jesus. I know we still have uh, people traveling this week, and so let's pray for them. And I know we've got some that are, aren't feeling good this morning, so let's pray for them too. But I'm thankful you guys are here this morning uh, to worship our Lord. So go with me in prayer, and we'll have our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, that we're here today, Lord, to worship you, uh, Lord, to, to dig into your word, Lord, and to look back on this year and to, to look forward uh, to 2022 and how we, Lord, we can grow in you. What are some things we can do uh, to be more ob- obedient to you and, and to make our lives more uh, like you? And so, Lord, that's our goal today, and our goal is to worship you and to honor you. And, Lord, I'm just thankful we're here today, Lord. Uh, we love you and everything we say uh, and do. We love you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple of minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone.
Thank you. All right, you may be seated this morning. All the kiddos, the first Sunday of every month, all the kiddos come forward, please. The first Sunday of every month, we have what we call Family Sunday. And I enjoy Family Sunday. I get to do a children's sermon with them. And I want to read you, uh, kiddos, the passages of Scripture. I want to ask you a couple of questions this morning. The, the passage of scripture we're going to talk about today, before next week we will get back into 1 John, but this week we're going to be in Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Let me read it to you, uh, and then we'll talk about it a little bit here. It says this. It says, Not that I have already obtained this, or I am already, or I am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made it his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining towards what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now this passage opens and he says, not that I'm already perfect. Uh, I, I'm going to talk to your parents a little bit about this here in a little while, but have you ever done anything where you were literally perfect at it? Where you were perfect? Where you didn't make a mistake at all. Maybe it was on a test. Maybe it was, I don't know. Have you ever been perfect at something? Are you serious? What is it? Shooting a deer. Okay. One shot, one kill. Is that what you're saying? Okay, okay, good. What have you been perfect at? 
Riding a bike on a scooter. Okay. Never fell? Never had a wreck? Wow. Uh, we need to build you some ramps. What do you think? Uh. Perfect. Anyone been perfect? In? I know one thing you've been perfect at. Did you get perfect at what? Stay oh, Bible drill. Stay Bible drill. Good. Perfect. Anybody been perfect at anything? At opera singing. At opera singing. That's all. You need to be a part of our worship team, Jazz. I love that. All right. So how many of you have ever played a Wii? You guys know what Wii or the Wii is? Like Wii Bowling, Wii Tennis, you guys have that remote and it's on the TV, you guys have played Wii, okay. Has anyone here ever bowled, raise your hand if you've ever bowled a perfect game, a 300 perfect game on the Wii. You guys have bowled 300 perfect games? Wow. No, they're saying no. We're, we're changing our lesson about lying. No. <laughs> All right. So it's really, my whole point is it's really hard to be perfect at something. And it took me like, I was like all evening and into the night. I finally got it and I'm like, everyone's asleep. I'm like, yeah, I got 300. And I woke the house up, right? But it's, it's really hard to be perfect at something. But scripture, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5 that we're supposed to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect. How in the world can we be perfect? Well, in this life, we can't. We can't. But what I want to talk about today, and I'll ask you, is I think back on, on this last year. Anybody go the whole year in 2021 without doing anything wrong? No. I know that's not you. <laughs> right? Nobody can do that. But what we can try to strive to be in 2022 is to be more Christ-like. So what is a way that we can grow in Christ and try to be more Christ-like? What is something in our life that we can do in 2022 that can make our life look more like Christ? What is something you guys can do to make your life more like Christ in 2022? What's 2022? The year 2022. <laughs> this year. Oh, um, what you can do is go to church more and um, read about the Bible and sit down and Read on, read about it. It's a great answer. Good. Spread the Bible. Okay. Uh, go to church. Okay. Share the gospel. Share the gospel. Pray. Pray. Uh, share, share. <laughs> share something. Okay. Stage fright, I understand. Okay, so 2022, one of the things we should look forward to, and Paul says is forget what happened last year, forget what happened in your past, right, and move on to the new year and try to be more Christ-like. So I think it starts with how we act. If we have Christ in our heart, if we believe in who Jesus is, that should translate in how we treat people, how we, how we have a desire to read God's word. I don't know, and I'm going to be challenging your parents uh, this morning also, but I know there's like uh, little kids apps uh, that you can get on maybe your iPod or your iPad or on your parents' phone that will read the Bible, that help you read the Bible. I really challenge you guys to get in the routine of reading the Bible every single day. Reading a verse every single day. One thing I need to get better at is I have a lot of verses memorized, but I forget where they're found. 
So, like, I'll remember, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But I'll forget, like, man, where was that found? I remember where that was found, but I'll forget the references. So, I need to try to do better in studying and memorizing where I can remember references. So, there's things that we can do uh, in 2022, this year, uh, that you can grow in your faith and I pray that this year is even, that you look more like Christ this year than what we did last year. Okay, so thank you guys for morning. Let me pray for you, and then you can go sit down. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for these kids. Lord, what a blessing they are for our church. And uh, it's the sign that, uh, of a healthy church. And so, Lord, I'm thankful for our children this morning. Lord, let us as a church be able to minister to them and teach them and disciple them and to raise them up, Lord, to love you. And, Lord, I just thank you for them this morning. And, Lord, in all things, we love you. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you, kids, this morning. Good job. All right. Here's a few announcements real quick. Um, you guys have seen these hats floating around places. Uh, and they also have, I know they're getting more hats. Uh, and they have arm bracelets. These are for Hudson. Hudson, uh, Herod, he is uh, right now in Memphis going through treatment uh, for... Uh, a brain tumor. And Hudson is 18 months old, 19 months old. Uh, please pray for him. His grandparents uh, go to church here. They have these hats for sale. Uh, I do have a card. We've been supporting their family as much as we can. It says, Crossbridge family, thank you for everyone's support, love, and prayers. They're very much appreciated and felt just when we need them. Addison and Ricky, uh, his parents. So, Please continue to pray for them. I know he's had a rough morning today uh, as he's wanting to pull his feeding tube out and his feeding tube's coming out. And so please keep praying uh, for that family uh, as they're going through a really rough time and, and around the holidays and weather being bad. Just keep them in your prayers. Uh, no men's Bible study. Just a couple announcements today. No men's Bible study tonight. There won't be any men's Bible study tonight. Um, men's prayer breakfast is Saturday January 15th at Grillo's in the morning at 8 a.m. So, fellas, come that morning to pray with me. Uh, I'm going to be sending out the prayer lists uh, every week. Also, Saturday Night Freeway will be starting back up Freeway this coming Saturday at 5.30. So, be here uh, for our Freeway service. Our, if you're new here this morning, our Freeway service is an evangelistic outreach of this church. Every Saturday night, we have dinner at 5.30. We have a service at 6 o'clock where we share the gospel with people. We believe that that is the only thing that will change someone's life, is the gospel. And so it's our evangelistic outreach. We also have life recovery class every Friday from 7 to 8 p.m. Something else you can pray for. Mike Simons, are you going today, Mike, or is it next week where you go to the jail? So Mike is, Mike is uh, going to be going to the Webster County Jail Every Sunday afternoon. So if you know someone that is incarcerated right now and you want Mike to go see them, please reach out to Mike. We're going to be going and sharing the gospel with them, praying with them. Uh, he's gotten access. He'll have access every Sunday afternoon to the jail uh, here in town. So that's going to be a, a, another ministry that we have started up. Uh, I know there's some young adult activities. I know Casey and Dave are traveling today. But check the young adult Facebook page for the college age class on the activities that are coming up. Also something else, a business meeting, January 16th after church. Uh, it's an important one. We're going to talk about a freeway house, a potential freeway house for the church. Uh, so please come to that business meeting uh, on January 16th right after morning service. 
I think that's all I had. Did I forget anything? I think that was all on. Yes. Okay. Tomorrow morning at 8.30, ladies, prickly cactus here in Marshfield for coffee. The ladies' uh, women's ministry. Anything else? Okay, if you would stand this morning, let's take our morning offering and we'll have our time of worship before we jump into God's word together. So let's bless our morning offering uh, today. Lord Jesus, again, we're here, Lord. We love you. Uh, Lord, we're, we're very thankful. I'm very thankful to be here today, God, to read your word and to study it and to preach it. And uh, Lord, as we enter our time of worship, part of that is giving back to you. And so, Lord, I pray that you take this and bless it. Use it to further your kingdom, God, that uh, the gospel will be shared Missionaries will be supported, and uh, Lord, in all things, I'm thankful this morning. It is so cold outside; it's warm in here that we have a place to come and worship together and rejoice. And so, Lord, I'm I'm joyful today. And God, we love you and everything we worship you in your name. I pray, Amen. Thank you. 
Thank you, guys. All right, if you would, turn in your Bibles to Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Philippians 3, 12 through 14, those are the verses that I read uh, to the kiddos this morning. I want to read them again to you. Philippians 3, 12 through 14. It says this, Not that I've already obtained this, or I am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let's pray together again. Lord Jesus, again, we're here this morning, Lord, to worship you and Uh, Lord, I pray that as we look back on 2021 that there are things that we can take great delight in and and be joyous about and there's other things, God, that we wish that we had done differently. And so, Lord, I I pray this morning that when we look back at 2021 that, um, God, we hold those things. We learn from our mistakes and our sins and we hold the things that you have uh, glorified and done, worked in and, and and the... the awesome things that have happened in our life that we hold dear and hold those memories dear and, and are thankful, Lord, to you for that. And Lord, that as we look forward to this new year, uh, that we grow in our faith in you, that we grow in our relationship with you, that we're obedient to you and always focused on this call that we have in our life, our upward call of being in you. And so, Lord, I love you. We love you. We thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So this new year, I know a lot of people usually make uh, New Year's resolutions, right? And, and a lot of those New Year's resolutions have, have to do with just things that are maybe important in your life. But most of the time, we don't make New Year's resolutions that have anything to do with uh, spiritually. And I, and, and I think my focus this morning, I, I really, in the title of the sermon is Pressing On into 2022, is that we press on in Christ uh, I, I know there's things that have probably happened in your life uh, in 2021 that you can look back on and, and go, man, I wish I hadn't have done that. Uh, but um, and, and sins that you've had, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But I, I hope that we can grow and we're and our goal for 2022 is as a body is to become more Christ-like. Um, I, I talked to the kids about being perfect, and why I brought that up is because Jesus makes this challenge in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, where he says, You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. So, man, impossible, right, on this earth. There's no way that I can be perfect. And it got me thinking about perfection, and I talked to the kids about the whole bowling thing. Anybody here ever rolled a 300, not a Wii game, but an actual 300 game uh, in bowling? Yeah, so... No, I didn't figure so. The odds are 1 in 225,000 of rolling a perfect game. Uh, in baseball, got me thinking about perfect games in baseball. Uh, perfect, anybody know what a perfect game in baseball is? Yeah, Hunter does. It's when you allow no walks, no base runners, everybody, you're a pitcher and you get everybody out. Everybody out. There's only been 20, uh, 23 perfect games in the history of Major League Baseball. Uh, probably the most memorable was Don Larson uh, throwing a perfect game in the World Series in 1956 for the Yankees. Uh, it just hardly ever happens. There's been over 218,000 Major League Baseball games. So it's a very rare thing to be perfect. For softball players, I know we probably got some softball players. Uh, there was a, 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 a softball pitcher named Hope from North Texas 
that became the only pitcher in NCAA history just this last year to face 21 batters. It's through seven innings and strike out all 21. So like a perfect game, but really a perfect game where all 21 were strikeouts. So it's, it's really hard to be perfect at something. So when Jesus challenges us here and he says, you therefore must be perfect, let's go back and look at that context real quick. The context is in Matthew chapter 5, and he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount. And he's challenged people through this whole sermon to live as salt and light He's told them that when they're angry with somebody, that they're subject to judgment. He's taken the sin of adultery to a whole nother level where he says, if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery with her in your heart. He's, he's talked about divorce and how it should only happen in certain situations, which isn't the case today. It seems like uh, just people will think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence for so many different reasons, and they're most of the time they're not biblical ones at all. Uh, and he, he talks about oaths and saying and, and swearing and says a simple yes be yes and a no be no. He talks about loving your enemies. And giving to them. He makes all of these challenges. And the Sermon on the Mount is a very evangelistic, challenging sermon. And then at the end he says, You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now imagine if you're listening to that. One, you're probably Jewish. And you've tried to obey God's laws. You've tried to do the right things in your life according to the law. And then Jesus comes in and he shows that you've completely failed in all of that. And so you're sitting there just like today and we're listening to these words and we know that we failed in our own efforts, that we can never be made right with God by our own efforts, that we need a perfect sacrifice and that Jesus is that perfect sacrifice. And when we believe that, when we believe that he came and died for us, that he rose again defeating death, we believe that and we have faith in that and we love him because of that. Now our desire should be to grow to be more like him. Like every desire of every believer, all my brothers and sisters in here, your desire should be that your life looks more like Christ and less like you. That you grow in your faith in Christ. That you become more Christ-like. But here's the question, how? How? How do I grow in my faith? Well, one... The first answer is it has to be, you have to have Christ, and He's going to start to grow you in areas, but you have to be obedient to this. How can we grow in spiritual maturity? He's going to continue to work in our lives, but our text today in Philippians, it kind of gives us some insight. And it's really what we should be looking forward to in 2022. It should be something that we all have a desire to be more Christ-like. So here they are. It's in the text. Here's the three kind of things that I, I want to pull out of this today. Is The first one is to not think that you're there. To not think you're there. Philippians 3.12 says, Not that I've already obtained this, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. We need to make sure that first that Jesus gets all the credit here. He's the one who made us right with God. He's the one who died. It was him who defeated death. It's not us. And I think so many times as believers, especially as we we get further along in our Christian walk, we can get this attitude like we've arrived, like we are perfect, where we'll want to not have a desire to keep learning 
Or that we stop serving. That we think, well, I've done my time. Like it's a, a, a clock-in sheet that you have for doing time for Christ. We think that we, we're there. Romans 12.3 gives us some insight. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So we have to be very careful not to think too much of ourselves. To think that we, oh, we're, we've reached a level that everybody else just should be attaining for me. No, no, no. Christ is the level. We're never there here on this earth. But that should be our goal. And we can't think too highly of ourselves. We can become very, very prideful. I thought of this example when I read these words. And I'd heard about this. But I want, I want to read you a quote. I want to see if you can guess who said this. He's a professional boxer. It says, my power is so devastating, I could feel muscle tissues collapse under my force. It's ludicrous that these mortals even attempt to enter my realm. It's interesting that you put me in the league with these illustrious fighters, Muhammad Ali, Joe Lewis, Jack Johnson. But I prove since my career, I've surpassed them all as far as popularity. I'm the biggest fighter in the history of the sport. If you don't believe it, check the cash register. That was the quote. Anybody know? Huh? Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. And when you think about Mike Tyson, he started at a very young age. He was the youngest person to ever win the WBC, WBA, and IBF World Heavyweight title. He was the youngest one to ever do it. He's only 20 years old. He won his first 19 bouts by knockout, 12 of them in the first round. But what's the saying? The bigger they are, the harder they fall. And oh, did the guy fall. And you know his story, but he, he made about $300 million during his career. And then later on, he spent about $400,000 a month. Can't even fathom what you'd spend that on. But when he was said and done, he was looking at about $27 million in debt. He filed bankruptcy. He thought way too highly of himself. Now, that may be a bad biblical example, and it really is. But we have to be very careful that we don't think too highly of ourselves. I want to tell you that we are all very easily replaceable, including me. Every one of us. We're very easily replaceable. And, and Scripture warns about this. And Proverbs has some great verses about pride. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. In chapter 8, verse 13, it says, To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So what's the lesson? We shouldn't get too sold too much on ourselves for anything that we've done in this world. We should never think too highly of ourselves in regard to our faith. The right attitude should be, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not in heaven yet, but I'm working towards that. I'm pressing on towards the goal. I'm pressing on. It's to stay humble. When we've become, when we've been followers of Christ for a long time, it can very easily, we can very easily become arrogant. Even have disdain for someone who's lost. We must remember that we didn't do anything to get our salvation. 
We, didn't, we don't have anything to boast about. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says that. For by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of your doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. The definition of boast is to talk with excessive pride and self-satisfaction about one's achievements. We didn't achieve anything in Christ. He has worked in our heart. We believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and he saved us. Without his sacrifice on the cross, we're not anything. We're justified before God because of what Jesus did on the cross. Jesus made us his children. We should worship him, not ourselves. So don't think too highly of yourself as you grow in your faith. And don't look upon disdain people that are lost. Listen, I, I tell my kids this all the time. I, I probably say it at least once a week when they're dealing with people in a lost and fallen world. And I know you all have to deal with people in a lost and fallen world every day at work, wherever you go, right? The number one thing that I tell my kids when they're dealing with people that are lost and in their sin is don't expect people who are lost to act like they're Christians. Don't expect people that are lost to act like they're saved. They're not going to. So when they, ask, when they act like lost people, don't look on them with disdain or anger. Have pity and mercy on them and be kind to them. Love them. Share the gospel with them. All right, here's the second thing. This is so important. Man, it's so important. It's to forget the past. Paul says, Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do... Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. He says, forgetting what lies behind. I want you to think about who said those words there. Paul was not the poster child for a per perfect Christian. Not at all. He wasn't the poster child for an instrument of God to bring the good news of Jesus to the Gentiles. He was not the guy that you would think... That there's any way that Jesus would use to, to do that. He was not the perfect picture of what a Christian should be or would be. Let me make sure you understand this. Turn to Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. Verses 57 and 58. Acts chapter 7. 57. And 58. The context here, and then we'll flip over and go to Acts 8, 1 through 3. The context here, one of the, the, one of the first deacons in the church has been drugged out of the city by people that hate Jesus. And he gives them this wailing sermon, right? They're about ready to stone him to death. And he gives them a sermon about who Jesus is. And they pick up to throw stones. His name was Stephen. And here's the context. That's the context. 57 and 58. And it says, And they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. Who did Saul? God changed his name to who? Paul. The same guy that wrote Philippians chapter 3. He murdered Christians. Flip over. Let's get a little bit more here. Acts 8, 1 through 3. Just go down, Acts 8, 1 through 3. It said, And Saul approved of this execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. 
Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Paul was literally a murderer of Christians. He persecuted Christians. He hated Christ. And then what happened? He hated Jesus. And then what happens? If you flip over a few chapters, Jesus saves him on the road to Damascus in chapter 9. Paul, when he, th- when, when he looked back at his life, what do you think he thought of? He had to move on from who he was before because he was made new in Christ. We see the same theme over and over in Scripture. Turn to Psalm 51. Psalm 51. This is one of my favorite passages uh, of Scripture. Psalm 51, verses 1 through 3. Psalm 51, 1 through 3. It says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Those were the words of David after he had sinned by committing adultery with Bathsheba. What did he say? My sin is always before me. I'm sure that David, those sins, tried to haunt him the rest of his life. You know our sin has a way of doing that. Our sin, our previous past sin, can drag us down in the presence. It can take our past and it drags us down. Even after we've repented of it, we still think sin can drag us down by haunting us, by reminding us. Why? Because we don't forgive ourselves the way that Jesus forgave us. We don't forgive ourselves the way that Jesus forgave us. You know what Paul had to do? He had to know that when Jesus forgave him, it was forgiven and it was gone. In order for him, because he had been forgiven so much, man, that made his testimony and him sharing the gospel even more and more. Well, how does Jesus forgive us? It brings up the point. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He forgives us. He is faithful. He is just. When we confess those sins to him, he forgives us. He forgave Paul. He forgave King David. You know what he'll do? Forgive you. He'll forgive you. And he removes it. I love that. Now when you're forgiven, what happens with that sin according to God? I love this. And we have to focus on this. Flip over... Just several chapters. Psalm is a big book, but flip over to 103. Psalm 103, 8 through 13. Psalm 103, 8 through 13. It says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. 
For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. What does God do with our sin? When you confess them to him, he removes it. He forgives us. And it's as far as the east is from the west. He shows compassion. He shows love because you're one of his children. I believe today that the biggest thing that holds us back from serving the Lord Jesus Christ like he wants us to is that we've never forgiven ourselves like he forgave us. We think... Well, I can't do that because I did this. I can never serve the Lord because I did this or this was my old life. Listen, I I don't know, but there's people I believe that have never forgiven themselves from drug use, from not being godly parents, maybe for an affair that happened, maybe stealing. Many Christians, I believe, live their whole life looking back Thinking back instead of resting in the forgiveness that Christ gave. We have to learn to forgive ourselves like he forgave us. Listen, 2021's over. I can't go back to 2021 and change the sins that I committed. And there were many. I didn't always handle everything the right way. I didn't always have the loving, tender heart to my family all the time. Ask Selena. She'll tell you that's the truth. I didn't, I wasn't perfect, right? I can't go back and change 21. I can't change 2020 or any other year. I can't change that. But what I can do is learn from it. I can learn from it and I can rest in the forgiveness that Jesus gives. I can rest in that. And you know what? You know when you when you do that, you know what happens? Hebrews 4:16 happens. It says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. I can draw near with confidence to God because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. Without him, I can't have that confidence. This is where God's grace comes in. His grace not only saves us, but now it starts to equip us for all of life. And that includes putting our past behind us. The good, the bad, the otherwise. When when you think back on 2021, I hope that you don't think of all the sin. I hope you think of how you served the Lord Jesus Christ. How you started 2021 and you grew in your faith. If you think back and you look at the sin, you're not going to have good memories. Paul, in order to do ministry... In order to preach the gospel, he had to forget the past. He had to move on from his past because Jesus had made him new and had forgiven him. We have to move on from the times in our life when we were not in Christ and we were in in sin and move on. Learn from it and move on. And that's what he says. Last thing, Philippians 3.14. Press on towards the goal. This is, this, I, I love this because you know what it is? It's like putting your head down, so to speak. It's like putting your head down and just getting to work. To work hard. To accomplish 
Whatever you're shooting for in life. Here, obviously, the context is I'm going to press on towards my goal, my relationship in Christ. I tell my kids this all the time, too. If you're going to do something, if you're going to do something, you might as well try to be the best at it. If you're going to put the work in, if you're going to have a goal, try to be the best at it. Now, I'm thinking about that, and I like thinking about the business world and in business. And there are people throughout history that have just worked hard and done that. They've just worked hard. Andrew Carnegie, I don't know if anybody knows who that is, but he was a guy who was born very, very young, and he worked really hard. He moved to America. He got a job in a cotton mill. He was working 12-hour days, six days a week. Eventually, he got a job as a telegraph messenger uh, because of his great work ethic, because he worked hard. Christians should work hard. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Someone from the Pennsylvania Railroad Company, they offered him a job which allowed him to earn more money and make his way up the corporate ladder, I guess you'd say. He started investing in railroad companies. Then he started investing in the steel industry. He ultimately had his own steel company. In 2017, the dollars that he amassed would have been around $298 billion. His hard work had paid off. He put his head down and he went to work. It should be, and it's a lesson for us, not that money matters because it doesn't, But working hard, being followers of Christ, something should be said about our work ethic and how hard we want to work when we leave here. Followers of Christ should be known to work hard. So I I asked this over the last year, 2021, when you look back, did you work hard to support your family? Did you work hard? That's a biblical principle. I'll read you a verse, Proverbs chapter 6. Flip over to Proverbs chapter 6. It's a biblical principle that we put our head down, that we press on, that we work hard. Proverbs 6, 6 through 11. And and, and I'll tell you, why why are you talking about this in the context? Because the outside world right now is not teaching people to work hard. If you notice, like everybody is hiring. It's a biblical principle to work hard. Proverbs 6, 6 through 11. It says, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. What is, what is he saying? What is Solomon saying here in Proverbs? What is God saying? He says, get out of bed and go to work. Work hard. Work hard for your employer. Work hard for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're going to do something, if you're going to sign up to to volunteer in a capacity within the church, work hard at it. Study hard at it. Put in time and effort. Work hard at it. If you're going to do it, you might as well try to be the best at it. This is a biblical principle that the world is absolutely not embracing. The world is embracing socialism, completely different from that. Socialism is, well, hey, let's just take from somebody who works hard and distribute it to everybody else. That It's not biblical. As Christians, our job should be to help the poor. Jesus commands it. But it's not to help the lazy. In fact, his scripture says something completely different in 2 Thessalonians 3.10. It says if you... If 
for if we're, when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Our biblical principle is, as Christians, we should get up and work hard. We should have a drive to work hard, to put our head down, to press on. To, to, and that's a testimony. That should be a testimony that our employers can count on us to work hard. We should be known for a hard work ethic. The most, but the most important pursuit here of pressing on should be is our calling in Christ. When you press on, it should be in a commitment that you're going to do everything you can to serve the Lord Jesus. I gave you a business example. Now here's one that's biblical. And I, I love, I, just an amazing story if you've ever read about the guy. But D.L. Moody... He may have been one of the greatest evangelists, probably was, in the history of the world. In a 40-year period of his ministry, millions of souls came to Christ. He founded three Christian schools, launched a Christian publishing business, established a Christian conference center, literally inspired thousands of preachers to win souls and conduct evangelistic meetings. He was a shoe clerk at 17. His ambition was to make $100,000. Converted at 18, he uncovered this hidden gospel of gold, and it totally changed his life. Forget about the money. I want to win souls to the Lord. I want to preach the gospel. In Brooklyn, he preached to 20,000 people a day, and he only admitted non-believers by tickets. He wanted to preach the gospel to a lost and dying world. Traveled across the American continent and Great Britain. Holding these evangelistic meetings. Two great monuments today stand in his memory. The Moody Bible Institute and the Moody Church in Chicago. He died in 1899. What does his life teach us? What does that tell us? That we press on towards the goal. How can I use my gifts and talents to serve the Lord Jesus Christ? Our verse is I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What is the prize? An eternity. It's salvation. An eternity with Him. Now, we're not winning that by what we do. We win it when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But now, because of that, we want to serve Him. What is your goal? How do we press on? How can you practically press on to the Lord? Well, I told these kids, you need to read God's word every day. January 1st is a great time. Alan, I think you challenged the Sunday school class this morning, right? To read their Bible every single day. I know Casey is doing that with the young adult class. There's app, Bible apps you can use for people who like technology. There's study Bibles you can use. You need to hide God's word in your heart every single day. Use your gifts and talents to serve the Lord Jesus. What can you do in 2022 to serve the Lord? What gifts and talents do you have? That's pressing on towards the goal. Hey, I know there's some people that work so hard in the secular world. And they, oh man, they're hard workers. But then for the Lord Jesus, they just don't do anything. They're lazy. It's, hey, it's, as much as important as I just preached about, it's our job to work hard out there. Those treasures and, and the wealth that Andrew Carnegie amassed, it's gone. It's rusty. It's moth-eaten, what Jesus says. Jesus says, store up your treasures in heaven. 
However hard you work here in your job, it's important that you do that. You should be more focused on working for the Lord Jesus Christ. Things that will never go away. How are you doing that? Press on. We as a church need to press on supporting our missionaries. Supporting our missions. Do more. It should not be that we're, oh, we got a full church. Let's kick our feet back and relax. It should be that we press on. We put our head down and we go to work. We go to work. That's what 2022 should be about. All right, I'm closing this today. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Here's a quick review. Stay humble. Stay humble. Don't think that we've arrived. Don't think that you've arrived. Jesus has arrived. We haven't. One day we're going to arrive with him in heaven. It's not yet. The second thing. you got to forget your past. You cannot let your sins affect you moving forward with Christ. Paul didn't. David didn't. We can't. You need to forgive yourself for what you did. You can't change 2021. We can change 2022. You absolutely can. And then press on. Working hard for the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, what's the calling? He's placed a calling on your life. What is the calling of every follower of Jesus? To pick up our cross daily and follow him. To sacrifice our life to him. Give everything to him. We're going to have an invitation this morning that we're going to serve. We're going to have communion. We do this every family Sunday. I always want to read this passage before our invitation. It's in 1 Corinthians 11, 27, and 30. It gives a warning. It says, Whoever eats the bread or drinks of the cup in the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. This is why many of you have weaker and ill and some have died. Before we take communion this morning, we have an open communion, which means you don't have to be a member of Crossbridge to take communion with us, okay? What you have to be is a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. That You've made a public profession of faith in Christ. If you've done that this morning, I welcome you to take communion with us today. If you have not done that, don't take communion. That's why the warning's there. Also, if you have unconfessed, unrepentant sin in your life, don't take communion this morning. Until you've confessed that to God. If you know you have sin in your life, you need to confess to God. You can do that during the invitation right now. You don't have to confess it to me. It's between you and God if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to stand. Let's pray. We'll have our invitation and then we'll take communion together. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, again for your word. Lord, I thank you that we can look forward and be excited not only for... Uh, your return. I'm excited about you returning one day, but that we have the opportunity this year to serve you, to make a difference in our local community, to make a difference in our families. God, I pray this morning that if there's people here that are holding on to their sin, that Lord, they've confessed it to you and it just bogs them down. They think that they can't ever serve you. I pray this morning they let it go. They give it to you and they accept the forgiveness that you've offered. And that they're new creatures. They're new creations in you. Lord, I pray that we're a church that presses on. Through the heartache, the trouble, anything that happens, Lord, we keep focused on you and we press on. That we're known that we work hard and we serve hard and we work hard for you. God, in all things, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray.
may be seated. If the elders would come forward this morning, I'm sorry I'm kind of keeping you late today, guys. I kind of got going on this. And uh, as they're coming forward, I, I will say that talking about pressing on and not going for your goal, 
the family took me and watched the movie last night. It's called American Underdog. It's a story of Kurt Warner. You want to watch a story about somebody who had to press on for his goal uh, as a good Christian guy. Mitch and Mandy were there. It's good, wasn't it? I mean, it's, it is a good movie. I encourage you to go watch that. Communion is a, a very, very, taking the Lord's Supper is a very, very important thing uh, for our church. It's, it's uh, to look back and remember the death of our Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for us and his burial and his resurrection. It's also a time to look forward to his returning. I, I pray uh, it will be amazing if he comes and gets us in 2022. Uh, so we should look forward to that um, and be excited about that if that happens. Um, but Jesus had gathered with his disciples and they're celebrating Passover and Jesus institutes uh, the Lord's Supper in Matthew chapter 26. When he, he says this, As they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. And he took a cup, and he would given thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink it, all of you, for the, this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So what we're going to do is we're going to bless the bread, and we'll pass it out. Uh, while we're passing it out this morning, you can spend time uh, in prayer, thanking the Lord Jesus for what he did for you on the cross and thanking about his return uh, to come back to get his church. And so uh, you, you can do that, and then we will take it together in the end. Alan, would you please, uh, I'm going to grab the mic here for you for folks that are watching online. I know we have several that are watching online today. If you would please bless the bread. Our holy heavenly Father, we love you, Father. And Father, as we remember what the the Lord Jesus done for us on that cross that day. Father, as we take this bread and we look at it and we hold it in our hands, Father, we just pray that we will remember that your body was broken so that we might be healed, Father. So let us never forget that and hold it dear in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Jesus said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Take ye and eat. And he took the cup, and he had given it to them, saying, Drink it, all of you. This is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I'm going to ask Max if he would please bless the cup this morning. Jesus, we do thank you for taking away our sin by shedding your blood on that old rugged cross. And we let us never forget the price you paid for us. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. Take ye and drink. When they had finished, Scripture tells us they went out rejoicing and singing and praising. And ask Wes if he would come and lead us. As we stand together, we will close with song today, singing and rejoicing our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us sing. Amazing grace.